right, take your Bibles if you would, and let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to spend some time on, oh, shall we say, a somewhat neglected, or purposefully neglected maybe, passage of Scripture. And um, it's not neglected at our church uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but sometimes we just need to review these things and go over them. Um, The subject of tonight is the subject of biblical separation, and uh, that is not always a pleasant subject. In fact, people, uh, when you talk about separation and biblical separation, immediately people say, oh, you just want to be a Pharisee, and no, that's not what biblical separation is. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. This is his second letter. And, of course, if you know anything about the Corinthian church, you know that they had lots of problems. They were a what we would call a worldly church. There was a lot of carnality, is the Bible word, Uh, A lot of things that were involved in their church that just shouldn't be there. And it is interesting, the number one issue that we are facing today uh, in our church is how much of the world are we going to allow in our church. Uh, That's what this purpose-driven Christianity is all about. It is reshaping the Bible so that it is acceptable to the world. Um, I remember when we first moved to the city, we were working with another church, and um, they were doing a program, a pre-printed program from uh, a well-known preacher and, and all of that. And in this program, it dealt with barriers for people to come to Christ. And it talked about the stained glass barrier, uh, meaning that people won't come into a church building to hear the gospel. And then it talked about the Bible barrier and all of these different things that keep people from the gospel. Let me tell you what keeps people from the gospel. It's not understanding it. That's what keeps people from the gospel. It's not the stained glass windows. It's not the thing. But people have to understand that there is a difference between what the Bible teaches and what the world offers. If you don't understand that you're going to be making a difference in trusting in Jesus Christ, you don't get saved, my friend. If you don't leave the world, if you're not willing to turn loose of who you are and what you want to be, Let me tell you something, that's not Bible salvation. Jesus loves you just the way you are. But He loves you so much, He's not going to let you stay that way. Amen? There are some things that must change in each of our lives. And that's what this passage talks about. Let's just look at the the last uh, two verses here, verses 17 and 18. And then we're going to go back and put them in their context. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, 
saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Let's read those two verses again. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now, as we look at these verses, it goes right against the clarion call of our day. How many of you have seen or heard somebody say, we need unity in the body of Christ. We need to stop all of this infighting between the different churches. Well, Number one, I want you to understand something. The biblical definition of the body of Christ is the local church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. You say, but what about the relationship of all believers in Christ? Well, I'll tell you what, let's save that one until we get to heaven when we're actually all together and can fellowship one with another. I mean, we have many things that we cannot fellowship with certain people. My heart, and and we're praying for our missionaries tonight, we need to pray for the Ivory Coast. What is going on there is horrific. You can just walk outside your door, and the wrong person is there, and you can be killed for no other reason than you happen to just be there. We need to pray for the Ivory Coast. My heart goes out to the believers Because they are in the middle. They do not have any one side of this thing that they can wholeheartedly serve Christ and fight each other on. It's the same plight that many of our forefathers had in the Middle Ages. Were you going to fight for the Pope? Or were you going to fight for the Protestants? Well, given that choice... Anybody that really believes the Bible is going to say, I'm not going to fight. And so, through the Middle Ages, many of our Anabaptist forefathers are what we call pacifists. They refuse to fight. And you know what that means? That means you get killed by both groups. And so, we need to pray. Because it is... A very difficult world in which we live. If you're going to be separate from the world in which we live, that means you're not going to have friends or acceptance out there. That doesn't mean that you won't have any friends that aren't saved. We're talking on a church scale here. We're talking about the church. And as we come through here, let's go back to verse 14. And um, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them. And walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's enough. You cannot have an agreement with those that do not believe the Word of God. In our day and time, we have the World Council of Churches. It's been around for about 60, 70 years now. We have the National Council of Churches. We have the local ministerial assess- I mean association. Uh, we have lots of different groups out there. And everybody wants you to be a part of their group. Now, the reason why they want you to be a part of their group is because the bigger your group is, the more prestige you have and and all of these things. And when you say, listen, I can't be a part of your group. Uh, How many of you remember Promise Keepers? That was an organization that was supposed to help men be men. The only problem is when they had their meetings, it made men act like women. They all got in a big stadium and and they talked about all these things and when it was done, all these men hugged each other and cried. Now let me tell you, that happens at ladies' meetings and that's a good thing. I get a little nervous when men start hugging each other. I'm sorry, it just bothers me. Uh, We don't need promise keepers to help men be men. And by the way, getting in a stadium with a bunch of other men isn't what being a man is about. These verses right here is what being a man is all about. It's willing to take a stand on the Word of God for what the Word of God says. That's what being a man is. Amen? Especially from all of our ladies. But we cannot agree. I had a guy call me up and says, You need to be a part of this. You you can't believe what God is doing. I said, well, here's the problem. I said, you answer this for me. I said, you know, at our church, it's a little different than maybe some churches you're used to. But I said, we do teach doctrine at our church. And one of those doctrines is that once Jesus Christ saves you, he saves you forever. He says, well, so? I said, what? One of your co-chairs is the guy from the Assembly of God Church here in town. He says, yeah. I said, well, the Assembly of God as an organization teaches a person that they can lose their salvation. I said, but isn't the Catholic priest going to be there as well? Oh, most definitely. I said, they teach that you go to heaven by doing good works. I said, now, if I get up and preach a simple message of salvation on Sunday and then go to your meeting on Monday and sit on the platform with men who teach diametrically opposed to what the Bible teaches, am I not laying confusion in the mind and heart of those that attend the church? Well, you don't have to put it that way. Well, excuse me, what other way can you put it, my friend? You see, this is what it's talking about. 
The World Congress on Religion has now decided that Buddhists and Wiccans can be added to the World Conference on Religion because they are willing to accept that there is one God. Now, they're not going to tell you which God they believe in. But, and, and this has happened several years ago. And, and by the way, we're not going to have secular fundraisers and marketing campaigns run through our church. Because we're not going to allow unsaved individuals, non-Bible-based people to come in and direct the outreach and the ministries of our church. Would we raise more money if we had them come in? Well, I'm the skeptic. I think God's way is the best way. But chances are, we would raise more money if we had them come in. But we don't need money. We need God's blessings. If we have God's blessings, we will have everything we need to serve Him. Amen? And so, let's, let's look at this. It says that we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We're not to make a concord between Christ and Belial is the devil. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? And it says here, because of these reasons, because of the reason that we want God to dwell among us and to lead us, we cannot look to the world for leadership. That's why we are an independent church. Because if we were part of a denominational out, uh, uh, setup, the direction and focus of our church is determined by the people higher up the ladder. If we are an independent church, then I as your pastor have a responsibility to get before the Lord and give a direction to our church, and you as members have the responsibility to go home and make sure that what I'm teaching is from the Bible, and if what I'm teaching is from the Bible, then we walk together. It's not just somebody telling us what we ought to do. You have to be a thinking person to be a part of Christ's true church. You've got to be a person who studies the Bible to be a real member of a real church. And what this denominationalism and all of this stuff does is it takes away personal responsibility. And by the way, a hundred years ago, the Southern Baptist Convention was the organization that was putting missionaries all over the world. Today, in the Southern Baptist Convention, there are ordained members, uh, ordained pastors of Southern Baptist churches that don't believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I don't know how you reconcile that. Baylor University has finally decided that they could lift the restraint on secular dancing on campus because it really does not violate any principle of the Word of God. Uh, you got to have a wrong. You got to have a Bible with an awful lot missing to find that out to be true. Because people 
don't go to a dance to worship God. I remember talking to a preacher. He was from the country of Ghana, and he pastored a church here in New York City. And he said, Pastor Montoro, what do you think about dancing for Jesus? And I said, well, i got one question for you. He said, if I came into your church and saw you dancing for Jesus, would I be drawn closer to Christ and want to worship Him more? Or would I think you're all having a good time? And he looked at me and smiled only the way an African can and said, oh, he says, you think we're having a good time. And I said, then you know that it's of the world and not of the Savior. You see, if the world can't find a difference in the church, why should they leave the world? Yes, it's a little tough to be a member here at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. We put some responsibility because of these verses right here. There is no agreement with the Bible and with the world. It's because of that reason. Because we want God to be here, it says, Wherefore, because of this reason, come come out from among them. Now, I want you to notice here, it says, Come out from among them. Jesus, I mean, the writer here, the Apostle Paul, is not telling the world to move. He's telling the church to move. He says, come out from among them. It is our duty, it is your duty as a Bible-believing Christian to do the moving, passing all these laws and trying to make a quote-unquote Christian society That is in direct disobedience to this passage. We are not here to change society. We're here to make sure the church is clean. And if you'll go home and look in the mirror, you'll find out that the Lord's got some work to do. And that is true of every one of us, including your pastor. 